0: is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio, inside the electric factory on a Wednesday afternoon. It's Euler Emotes here with you. You already know the drill. On Twitter, at West Euler, at TheBody52. The Body. That's how you chime in anytime over these next two hours as we roll along here on a Wednesday. we got a fun show planned for you today. You know, we'll go inside the play with... Arthur Motz's breakdown of some specifics from that Colts game on Sunday. It's also Uh a Wednesday, which means we'll have some spirited debate in our Best of the West segment before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. And we'll also hear from Zach Banner today. What? Yeah.
2: Is he reporting as eligible?
1: He is. He, number 72, is always reporting as eligible. Always. But Arthur Motz, we begin today with a concern, I think, is the proper way to put it a um,
2: why are you gonna start this wednesday off negative
1: i don't even know if negative is i mean you could call it negative if you want i think it's just kind of one of those uh
2: the concern isn't seen positive
1: that's true now that's a so fair point by you a concern is usually not seen as a positive thing um so you know maybe a uh hmm, i don't know i don't know what the word i'm looking for is here because now you now you got me thinking now you got me thrown off here baby but Let's get right into it. It's the Steelers' performance in the
2: red zone. See, I knew he was going to say something negative. All this positivity going on right now, all this good stuff going on right now, Steelers riding a three-game winning streak, Steelers back to five hundred. all these defenders balling out, one in particular, and you want to start with the offense. You want to start with the red zone struggles. You want to bring down my happiness to make me feel like, ah, man, I guess I should be be concerned why you want to do that Wes I'm, just, try- I'm just trying to get why? you fired I'm just you know trying to get you fired up here early Jeez. on
1: a uh you know on I- a Wednesday I already some
2: type of way that you starting with anything that's an offense topic because you know I'm a defense guy all right well
1: let's start with the good
2: news ah, all, right, all right all right all right there you go there you how go. about Bud Dupree ah now we're talking
1: AFC Defensive Player of the Week, continuing continuing to stack strong performances is Big Bud. And he's finally starting to get some of that recognition.
2: Absolutely. Man, you talk about a guy that has had to deal with the criticism, has had to deal with people talking about whether or not they should have picked up the fifth-year option. Is he the answer on the other side of T.J. Watt All of these things that he's had to deal with. So to see him be able to accomplish this and win AFC Defensive Player of the Week, I mean, I think it's just... It really speaks to the character that he has in terms of his work ethic, his drive, being able to block out the noise, so to speak. For sure. And it wasn't like... This noise just, you know, just, oh, it's been quiet all season. No, no, it was starting early even when he was making plays. Remember the the pages game, he had a sack. They still were making the comments. The next week a sack, still making the comments. I mean, he's been productive in every game, but yet he still faced the criticism. He still faced the naysayers, the bust label and all that, which we both agreed that he's never been a bust. Right. He's a, he's a starter in the National Football absolutely. League. Absolutely, it was just the expectations that are associated with a first round pick. He wasn't living up to that. But man, to see him be able to get that Defensive Player of the Week, man, for me, I'm very proud because I remember him when he first got drafted. That's my sure, young boy. Sure. So you know he holds a special place in my heart. But man, now you see what's this? Is what you need to do more often, baby. You see how we smiling in here. The listeners well, no, they, like No, they, they can't see that though because this is radio. You know, well, well notes, they, anyway. they can hear it. They can hear our <laughs> smiles through the microphones. <laughs>
1: They might listen to Euler and but you
2: don't hear Euler and No, they're always Euler hearing remotes. Euler and You better believe it.
1: No, it, it's nice to see Bud get the recognition from a national perspective. We know that he's gotten more and more of that here locally. Uh, it was something that Mike Tomlin, one of the first things he talked about in his press conference yesterday was he's starting to play how you expect a guy you know of that caliber, that talent level, who now has – an experience with what they're asking him to do, who now feels comfortable in the National Football League in his fifth season. And I really think, too, this is a stat I gave you on Monday. Uh, I'm not sure, and I'm sure it was probably a group of people, but I don't think we know definitively, yes, it was all oh, this one person who was like, we need to switch Bud and TJ, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a bit of a collective discussion, right? A group decision. Correct. But that has been just a dynamite move for the Steelers. The number in the 24 games since they've switched those two, 30 and a half sacks just between those two guys.
2: Yeah, man, and you're looking at Bud's numbers just this season alone. Eight tackles for loss, which leads the Steelers. He's second in sacks, obviously, to T.J. Watt with six. Nine QB hits, two forced fumbles. I mean, the productivity that he's been able to show this season is just top-notch. And then, like you said, the fact he's doing it opposite another guy who's having a crazy year and himself and T.J. Watt, I think those are the things that make this year so special for those two guys. But I'll take it a step further, man. When when I'm thinking back on obviously Bud being a young player in this league and having to develop, and then people were talking about how T.J. Watt is young too, but how he started out a lot faster. I'll say this, man. Bud had to endure the transition from a defensive standpoint where – his first year here was Butler's first year as D.C. So Correct. now we're taking the switch from LeBeau's defense to Butler's defense, and it took about two years for them really to find the identity in terms of what they wanted this defense to be because with LeBeau, it was strictly three, four. four-year outside guys are rushing predominantly every play. You're going to have some fire zone coverages where you're going to be asked to cover, whereas when Butler came in, but was a part. Of, and the reason I can tell you is because I was out there with him where me and Bo were rotating, but we we're both a part of that Keith Butler defense initially, where they're asking us to essentially play like 4 3 linebackers in terms of the amount of coverage that we were asked to do and then the amount of pure rushes we were allowed to have. I mean, if you're playing 40 snaps, 20 of them we were in coverage. Sure. Ten of them were run game, and then the last ten were passes, but that was a mix of quick game. You might have a good rush, you might have a bad rush, and then after that, it's it. So I think a lot of the criticism he was receiving early on was not warranted, and we all could agree upon that just because understanding what we were required to do in that defense – Then when you get to I think it was 2017 that started to switch a little bit more, going to predominantly having the outside guys rushing a lot more. Obviously TJ Watt comes in and he benefits from that. Mm -hmm. Then 18, obviously Watt goes crazy, but Bud still at at the time had one of his best seasons as a professional because they weren't asking him to cover as much. And that's how we all got the nicknames too: Revis, Sherman, Hayden, uh, Patrick Peterson. Like we would name each other certain things because the amount of coverage aspects that we were having to we were required to do. Whereas now. These guys are being able to just pin their ears back and Mm -hmm. rush. And then their impact in the run game as well, in particular. But, I mean, it it showed up time and time again this past game versus the Colts. You've seen it on numerous occasions throughout this season. Not just the tackles for loss. But just how you can't even run to his side of the field. It reminded me of how James Harrison used to be. James would always tell us, if they're running the ball to your side, that's disrespect. Right. It shouldn't be. <laughs> you don't need any other defender on your side. If they run at you, you should be that just bad of a guy that they can't get outside There's nothing coming your way. And now you're seeing that with Bud, man. So it's definitely, like I said, a good thing for him, man. And the timing couldn't be better contract year he's going to set himself up for him
1: and the Steelers absolutely both. Yeah. the Steelers have needed that type of performance this year to stay absolutely. in games to win games
2: yeah so in that regard man the Steelers are definitely benefiting from it and then if you're a bud you're benefiting because you know now you either have played yourself into franchise tech uh, conversation or a nice extension whether it's here or elsewhere so either way you're in line for some good money man so for him man, that's definitely uh, another thing he should be very proud of do you So you said the words there. Do you think franchise tag is, is a real possibility with Bud this upcoming season? I think it is, just because you don't have a first-round pick next year. Right. So depending on how you feel about this second-round pick that you have, it's a lot of things that you're going to have to essentially look into adding or replacing. You might want to add another receiver to that receiving group. You might want to replace Javon Hargrave, who could potentially be leaving in free agency. Maybe another tight end. Another tight end is another possibility. I mean, you have a ton of options and and things like that in terms of who you might want to bring in, not bring in, stuff like that. And we already talked about how there's no guarantee when you draft a guy early on, first or second round, that they're going to come out the gate and be hot. It takes time to develop in this league. It takes time to be a consistent playmaker in this league. You're seeing that with Bud right now. yeah, Absolutely. So do you want to take something that's developed in-house and let that leave so you can just draft somebody else in the second round and hope that he can get to that level or hope he can be serviceable at the same time of these other guys who are coming into their prime or are currently in their prime right now? That's a big risk franchise tag is available unless you're able to get a long term deal negotiated with them. But at this rate, the how he's playing right now, he's gonna price himself out of what the Steelers could potentially offer him from a long term standpoint unless they broke that rule and just negotiated now. But mm-hmm. that's not happening. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, I saw Mark
2: Cabali wrote about yeah. that. Uh, like,
1: uh, you know, wishful thinking's always good. Yeah, I but, mean,
2: because it, it would be smart. He was like, hey, in good face, we're going to break this rule. Come to you early. Get this deal done now. And maybe and now you maybe you'll give us a little kickback as uh, well, absolutely, too. Absolutely. Because you'll be paying him off of what he's done currently. Sure. And not what could be done over the next uh, seven or eight games. So, in that regard. But, like I said, that's not happening. So. <laughs> Franchise Tech, I think, could definitely be a possibility, especially if he keeps this rate up, man.
1: You uh, you mentioned Keith Butler there, and we're going to do some – I've got some, uh, some midseason awards, I guess, for lack of a better term, but some midseason evaluations for you, right, that I had written down here. A whole bunch of these that we can go through as the show goes along. One of them was – Best assistant coach so far this year, right? So, other than Mike Tomlin, who's who would you give credit to as being the Steelers' best coach this year? I think Keith Butler's right at the top of my list. <sighs> there's, like there's certainly that. there's certainly some names on there that
2: deserve you know because I'm looking at the secondary right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, it's a great yeah. point there too. I just feel like, man, it, I I don't think that it's coincidence that this was the year, right? That Um, that Keith Butler took over the outside linebackers from Joey Porter. I understand that. And that we're really seeing Bud have a breakout season and TJ continuing to build upon what what he's
2: done. The only reason I respond to that this was last year, those guys still put up numbers. Last year, TJ Watt went to the Pro Bowl, the first outside linebacker to go to the Pro Bowl since James Harrison. But that was not the same sentiment. In fact, the coach that was in there, Joey Porter, was relieved of his duties. Yes. Even after the best season of any of the outside linebackers transpired last year. And that was with the secondary needing a lot of help. True. So now that the secondary is upgraded, now you're seeing both of these guys produce at a higher level, but you know on the back end the coverage is a lot tighter now. So for me, that's why I'm like, I understand Keith Butler has definitely done a great job. I mean, I'm a product of Keith Butler in terms of being in his defense and growing, and he is a mastermind. In terms of the teaching element of it. Yes. But that secondary, man, for me, I'm like, that was nowhere near that, at least with the outside linebackers. You had a pro bowler in there last year, but still True. was very formidable last year. It's just that secondary was nowhere close to what they are right now. So for me, that's why I'm looking at that back room. And, and I don't even know how you want to break up those coaches. In there. Austin, hey, I'm, I'm like Tom is, Bradley. Like, who, who gets that? Like, can Is that, I that a give joint a assistant of coach yeah. of the year for, for Bradley <laughs> right. and Austin? Because I'm like, I can't just say it's the 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 d uh, the safeties. Because granted, they're playing great. But right. Stephen Nelson, I mean, by far has been, outside of Bud Dupree, he has to be the biggest surprise of this defense. For sure. The unsung oh. hero.
1: I, I told you, I think we <laughs> yeah. talked about this last week, right? Best free agent signing that the Steelers have had since Arthur Motes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> best, best free agent signing since Ryan Clark. Yeah. Uh.
2: His firm's like impact. All I mean, because, yeah. I mean, he's been outstanding. Like, not even close. Outstanding. And then you bring
1: Minka Fitzpatrick in there, which is just, you know, the glue to bring everything together. Edmonds looks like a much right. different player. Like, in a good, like, much more comfortable. Not a different player, no, no, but just like more comfortable. Comfortable,
2: yes. And that that does mean a different player, because last year he didn't it's look true. comfortable. And Too much thinking and not enough reacting. Well, things that are associated with younger players in the league. We absolutely. We've seen that with Devin Bush. We've seen that with Mason Rudolph. Thinking too much, and James. Just James Washington, at yes, times, yeah. another guy. Absolutely, that happens a ton in this league. So, yeah, but that's when, like, I don't know who, which coach can I give it to both of them? Can I? Just, it's a good point. Here, you hold one side of the award, <laughs> and you hold the other side of the award. You get the top half. You get you the know, bottom half. I feel like both of those guys. Yeah, and, and it would be different if that room looked. Just in the stratosphere of this last year. Like Bud and TJ last year still were kicking butt. Let's be real about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like this year's is now with Bud ramped getting up more even like, more. Like, right, it's more ramped up. But they were already doing positive things. They were already having this impact. I'm looking at this secondary like nobody we talked about just this offseason how bad they were in terms of the lack of interceptions, the lack of splash plays, the miscommunications. The, all of The this giving stuff. up big plays Yes, yeah. all this stuff that's transpired That we were talking about with this DB room last year So for it to be literally one of these strong points of this team It's a complete 180 Like for me, that's just I'm just, wow, dumbfounded by it It's a good call by you
1: Who's your assistant coach of the year? Let us know on Twitter At Wesley Euler, at DeBody52 da Body 52 debody when we come back here, you know, Arthur Motes. he brought out the positivity in me there for there the first we segment, go. but I do want to talk a little bit about the red zone struggles of the offense and what can be done there to, to get some better numbers going forward the second half of the season. Euler and Motes. you already know the drill. We're rolling along here on a Wednesday inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your twenty four seven home of the Black and Gold, S N R.
1: Jumping around on a Wednesday afternoon inside the electric factory, Euler and Moats. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to peel back the curtain of what just happened there. <laughs> Arthur Motes has got some uh, some trail mix that he's munching on, and he you know he went to come in with a hey and he got <laughs> choked up on his cashews there and just about fell out of his chair. Oh man!
0: <laughs> All right, we to, back now.
1: <laughs> I might have to go back and cut and cut that up here hey, and want to use hey, that don't as you a do that? Don't you do as that? a drop for one of these hey <laughs> Let me live over here, man. Oh man, I wish you guys could have seen Motzi there falling out of his chair. I was worried I was not they gonna go do the Heimlich. thing. Hey there for a man, second. you was
2: worried. I was like, oh hold on. <laughs> it's oh. like that on a Wednesday sometimes, man. Oh man. Talking a little bit
1: about the defense there <laughs> as we open the show. Some we'll do some side um you know, mid season revisits, mid season awards, things like that. One of the ones that I threw out there was your assistant coach of the season so far. We got some response on Twitter, Thrash Metal Guy says Carl Dunbar gets my vote. That D line is a force. Yeah. That's a good call there, particularly in the absence of Stefan Tuitt. Yeah. Continued to keep it rolling without the big man. Uh, Mark chimes in here Talking about how it's tough because uh, coaching across the board has been above the line. He talks about Randy Feetner and having to deal with the young quarterbacks. Yeah, Jerry O oh, working with Devin Bush and Mark Barron in a new system. He, he says uh, Tom Bradley and Terrell Austin as well, too. He says, how about Sherman stepping into the wide receiver yes. room, which is a great call there, too. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, talking about Danny Smith with what we've seen from the special teams and, mm-hmm. and Boswell and the tur- turnovers forced – Again, all above the line. It's been very encouraging in that department. If you want to tweet us, your assistant coach of the year at Wesley Euler at the body fifty-two. the body. But now, Arthur Moats. Now we could talk about what you want to talk okay. about. Okay, I, I just I got, I want to ask you. You know, you're the keen football mind here. You know the X's and O's much better than I do, and I would imagine most of our, many of our, all of our listeners do. <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers have struggled in the red zone on offense this Misily. season. Thirty-eight uh, percent touchdown conversion rate, which is in the bottom fourth, the bottom quarter of the league, if you will. Uh, just one for four on red zone possessions into touchdowns against Indy. What needs to change to take some of the pressure off the defense? Man, I think it's
2: an identity thing. When you look at this offensive line, when you look at the personnel they have, you would assume, man, when it's time to get in the red zone, when they're five yards and in, it, they're going to just say that, hey, we're better than you. You're not going to be able to stop us. We're going to run through you. But right now, that's not been the case, and that's the frustrating part. And I don't think they trust Mason enough or are comfortable enough with Mason down there to really let him throw the ball.
1: To put a bunch on his play. Right.
2: Yeah. And, and like what you see with Ben Roethlisberger. Typically with Ben, when they're in the red zone, if it's four plays, they're throwing on two, maybe even three of them realistically. Whereas with with Mason, they don't, I don't think they're ready to have him – take those type of chances just yet. Even some of the passing calls that they call when they're down there, they're very safe. Mm -hmm. Hey, one read, if the throw is not there, throw it out the end zone or throw it away. Like They're not going to let him really take any chances with anything in the middle of the field. And those are the things that I'm seeing right now in the red zone. And until they feel more comfortable with him in that regard, they're going to have to have that identity that, hey, we're going to line up and run the ball at you and and not the the cute runs either out the gun. No, like bring Rosie Nixon, bring Zach Banner, 72 is eligible in, yeah. and, really, and really just go out there and pound it in there. You have to. And I think when you have an old line that prides himself on being physical, an O-line that says that they are the number one offensive line in the league and have been for multiple years – it's time for you to put up. You got to put up or shut up. If you're not going to be able to do that, then you're living in the past. And those are the things that I see when I'm watching this Steelers team and the Reds, in particular the tight red, because the difference between the twenty sure. and the ten. And they've been good when they get in the red zone, right. and picking up the next first down. Absolutely, it's and, just and, the goal to go situations. Yes. When you're on the twenty, that's I mean, you still have a lot of room. Even though the field's getting condensed, you still have some vertical threats. You still are able to run your longer developing route concepts and things like that using full personnel. When you're in the 10 and in, as a defender, you know I don't have to worry about a vertical threat. So now you're playing a lot more flat-footed, so now you don't have the luxury of running certain routes. Then uh, when you're in that short reds on that tight red, that's initially when you start thinking as a defender, okay, our biggest concern is stopping this run because if they can pound that ball and there's nothing we can do, And those are some of the things that the Steelers team hasn't been able to do. So if they can secure that element of... And I know they've had some injuries, obviously, with James Turner. Obviously, Benny Snell. So some of their thumpers are out. But you still... you got to find a way to get the job done in that regard. It's one of the things
1: that has, I think, a direct correlation we've seen, right? The Steelers, aside from the Patriots game, and then... I guess the Dolphins game became a comfortable win at the end, but yes. really, aside from the Patriots game and the Bengals game, every game the Steelers have played in has been even the even the Dolphins game still a, still absolutely. up for grabs in the second half. Yes, third quarter, yeah, the Steelers pulled away and were able to win that one by fourteen, but they were still down at halftime. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's something. It'll help the defense obviously as well too. Not as much pressure on them. Yes, we saw the defense scored a touchdown. Against the Colts, they scored a touchdown against the Chargers, but man, just being able to—it's part of too what the Steelers defense has done so well, right? Is that they have done a good job of forcing opposing offenses to turn field, you know, to take field goals instead of touchdowns, and that's great. That's what you want from your defense. The offense needs to do a little bit better job of of putting the ball into the end zone, of of turning, of, of taking seven points instead of three points. And I think, like you mentioned it too, there is some personnel you know, developments that have played into this. Uh, James Conner and Benny Snell being out, you're much more apt to run those guys on first and goal, second and goal, third and goal than maybe you would be a guy like Jalen Samuels. But yeah, uh, no matter how you do it, right, I I don't think there's an exact okay, this is the answer you have to do this. It it could be getting the tight ends more involved. It could be something with Juju Smith-Schuster. You've just got to find ways to be able to convert more of those opportunities into touchdowns.
2: Yeah, and Another thing that they're dealing with as well as that is the change of not having Ben. Yes. I know people are talking oh, about oh well, how many games has it been. This isn't something that's gonna just go away this season. It's gonna we're still gonna be having these conversations in December about, hey, these are some of the challenges they're still facing because Ben is a one once of a kind one of a kind quarterback in terms of his playmaking ability, his run ability, his ability to be tough and shrug off tacklers, hold the ball, take chances, all of those things that make him him. So uh, offense, like I said, that's designed for him. You're doing things on the fly. You're changing things on the fly for Mason Rudolph, who's young and learning in his own right. He's still trying to grow and get more comfortable in his own right. He's This is his fifth game. Five games. Think about that, man.
1: Yeah, and one of them he got knocked out knocked of. Knocked
2: Yeah. So when you're thinking about It's really that, less than five games. So when you really think about that, that is not a lot of football. Like, essentially, if it's 16 games in the season, he's played, uh, what, one more than a quarter of the season. Essentially a quarter of a season. And you're expecting him to be able to do these things. It's tough. But those are some of the things that play into the red zone effic- uh, deficiencies. Typically with Ben, what do you see when you're down there? They might try to run it one or two times, but other than that, they're going to spread it out. They're going to let him be able to scan the field, survey the field, get outside the pocket, Second, use third options. Legs. Yes, and that's what makes him special in that regard. That's what makes him unique in that regard. And you also have the threat that he might take off because it's 5-and-in or 10-and-in. He might take off and get in the end zone as well. Those are the things that make him special. Whereas with Mason, he's still trying to find can he do that. Can he go from left to right? and going from left to right, make the right play. I know people say, well, the Colts game, he went left to right. Yeah, he did, but let's be real. It was a lot of luck involved in that because if one all-pro linebacker breaks a certain way, that's looking like the Mika Fitzpatrick play. We're talking about touchdown the other way. Mm -hmm. These are some of the things that not only am I seeing the coaching staff sees, and that's why they try to avoid putting him in those situations. When Coach Thomas said it about uh, Duck Hodges, hey, we want to limit his exposure (laughs) to the defense, that's not just for Duck. That wasn't just for him. That's for this young quarterback in Mason Rudolph as well. Sure. Granted, they're letting him do more things, and they're asking him to do more things, but they still don't want to expose him to the full gamut of an NFL defense at this stage in his career because he is not ready for that, and it's not an indictment on him. Any young quarterback in this league is not ready for that. Yeah, you're seeing Sam Darnold and Baker
1: Mayfield (laughs) aren't ready for that, (laughs) and they were the first two picks in, in Mason Rudolph's year. It's realistic, man. It is. It is. And did you hear at the press conference yesterday, I don't know if you heard this or or saw this, uh, Tomlin was asked about the red zone Mm -hmm. and some of the struggles there (laughs) and how, oh, Mike, you were so good in the red zone last year and now it's kind of gone the opposite way. What's happened there? And Tomlin actually laughed and was like, "Do yeah. I really need to like, I mean, look, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger's not here, Antonio Brown's not here. They were two of the huge reasons we yeah. had success in the red zone last like you could do so much like, with just those two guys." Tomlin was literally like laughing like on the side of his podium like, "Do, do I really need to dive into an yeah. answer on that one? Do we know what's different from last year to this year?" I mean, come on. It's a big difference. It's true. And so not only right you kind of alluded to this, not only do you not have that personnel on the field. You also then are trying to figure out what works for all the other moving parts at the same time.
2: Yeah, because obviously Juju is different without A.B. And Ben. And and Ben. Deontay Johnson is still young. He's trying to figure himself out. James Washington. Which James Washington are you getting? Are you getting confident James Washington that we saw in the preseason, that we saw in the Colts game? Or are we getting the James Washington that can't seem to get out of his own way from a mental standpoint? What are we getting in that regard? Vance. Sometimes he appears, sometimes he's, he disappears.
1: And it's easier to cue on
2: Vance in the red zone when Correct. number 84 is not out there. Absolutely. What are you getting? Obviously, you know, in the backfield, is it, the injuries are playing a, a key role in that. But it's still a revolving door in terms of, all right, who's going to be available this week to impact this game and help you? It's a ton of moving pieces that are affected by it. I got another mid-season award for you here. All right. Breakout player. Hmm. I got a couple of these guys.
1: Yeah. Too. Could be Devin Bush. Could be Deontay Johnson. Could yeah. be Cam Sutton.
2: I mean, technically, you could say Bud Dupree as well. Bud for Dupree. A you could I'm, I'm going to go Edmonds. Steven Nelson. I'm going to go Steven Nelson. Ooh, and here's why. I like it. All of the guys that we just named prior to that have had success in this league. All of those guys prior to that, even with, I think Bud is the only one in this category that was viewed as like a bust. But when you talk about Deontay Johnson. He still, it was some type of expectation like positivity. Devin Bush being the 10th overall pick, you expect to start from him. Edmonds, first-round pick, you expected that from him. With Steven Nelson. We remember the conversations after he signed here. How bad of a move it was. Why would you sign him and spend that much money? He was the high, the most highly targeted corner in the league. He he has four picks, but he played on the absolute worst defense in the NFL with the Chiefs. The expectations for him were slim to none. Granted, us in Pittsburgh, we were we were happy because we're mm-hmm. like, hey, we know what we've had prior to him, and we thought he was going to be an upgrade, but nobody. Would have thought by watching him on tape that he was going to be able to do what he's doing now. No, at th- least and at least with Bud, Bud, you had like we saw flashes, right? It's like okay, we know he has that type of time. He's had The light has to click with Steven, It was never, a, oh man, he could play better than Joe. He, he's just good. He's up there like that. He's balling out. It no, was never it was the that other type way around. Question, there was no.
1: I remember I told you we had this conversation. I, I showed you the tweet at the beginning of the season. There was somebody I think from Pro Football Focus. Who tweeted out, "Uh, I don't get Steven Nelson and the Steelers. Justin Lane will be taking his spot before the end of the season. Yeah, how's that one working out for you? It's (laughs)
2: crazy. And these were all the conversations. Remember, we even talked about how, hey, maybe Artie Burns, now that this guy's here, might push him, and he might take the spot back. It's not even close. Not even close. No. Steven Nelson.
1: already played two snaps on Sunday, and it was because Steven Nelson had a shoe issue and needed to come off the sideline. (laughs)
2: Like, literally, man, Steven Nelson – had, for me, it definitely has to be the breakout player because nobody expected that. Nobody could have guessed that he was going to have this type of impact. That's a good call by and, you. And, and yeah, for me, man, I'm just like, as much as I would love to give it to Bud because that's my dog, as much as I would love to say young Devin Bush because a defense guy, Edmonds. I'm like, I still had expectations for those guys. That's true. I can't be the guy singing, hey, Buzz's gonna get ten sacks this year. And then I said, Oh, he's my breakout player. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this at all. He broke it out. No, uh uh-uh, I have an expectation for him. But with Steven, it wasn't even close.
1: I like your logic. I Devin Bush would have been my answer. Mm-hmm. And and I would have said Bush just because right Everything you said was correct. Top 10 first-round pick. The expectations are there. Steelers going up to get you in the draft. First top 10 pick on defense since the late 80s when they took Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson. But I think the reason that I'll go with Devin is because of how much they put on his plate and asked him to do so early in the season. In the face of some of those injuries to Vince Williams and Mark Barron, mm-hmm. and how he responded, and then the huge performance uh, in the Chargers game, and the big interception against the Ravens at a crucial moment of that game. But I do like your. I wasn't even thinking of of Stephen Nelson as a possibility. Wow, as, as you know, just again as a guy who's kind of been in the league for a yeah. while. But I, I like your logic there, so I'll go with Bush. But I'll, I'll I'll let you I'll let you slide with Nelson there. There it is. There it is. Can't go wrong with either of those guys. Can't go wrong with Bud either. I, I said Cam Sutton too. I think he at least deserves to be in the conversation. Absolutely. Nice to see him finally developing into the guy that that the coaching staff really thought that he could be. Uh, who you got? The two that we've thrown out there so far, Assistant Coach of the Year, Breakout Player of the Year, let us know on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. body. When we come back, we'll continue with some of these, uh, these mid-season evaluations here inside the Electric Factory. You are listening to Euler and Motes. As always, Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR.
1: Red Zone Struggles Mid Season Awards. It's all been on the table here in the first hour of the show. Euler and on Steelers Nation Radio. Oh yeah. We uh I did mention there, Motsy, at, at the end of last segment, the the funny moment during Mike Tomlin's press conference yesterday <laughs> where he was asked about some of the you know, oh, you guys were so good in the red zone last year. Yeah, and now all of a sudden you're struggling. What's going on here? Well, I went and I found that for you, Motsy, all right? So, you ready to hear the, the little funny moment from yesterday's press conference? Oh, yeah. Let's There's hear it. always time for humor, right? Oh, it's plenty of
2: time.
0: Mike, your red zone offense last year was the best in the league, and one of the best in the last I think, 20 years. Uh, this year, not so much. Is there a commonality there other than the change? <laughs> what, of- what do you think? We're still writing our story, but you, you can you can come to whatever conclusion you want about our lack of productivity in that area. <laughs>
1: I mean, you can literally hear him slapping the table there. What do you think? You tell me. Yeah, I think it's the absence of the uh the two Hall of Famers on the offensive side of the football, you A think?
2: Strong. You think that might have
1: something to do with it and and all the injuries that they've had in the running back department mm-hmm. this year? But, hey, it's certainly like he said. Their story you know, is still being written in that department. There's still time to get things uh, moving in the right direction, right? We're at the halfway point of the season here. Arthur Motes, who's been the offense's most valuable player? Who's been the offensive P.O.Y. for the Steelers this season?
2: Man, I got to go with one of my guys up front, young Matt Filer. Mm. I think, man, he's been super consistent all season. He's been available. He's shown at times where he's had to move inside and play some guard, that his line has still been above the line. I mean, his play has been above the line. has been varsity. And like I said, just the consistency element. I like James Conner, but he's been inconsistent. Juju's been inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Deontay Johnson, I think, is doing some things well, but he's still – I haven't seen his impact every game just yet. Um, When I look across the offensive line, has had some good games but he struggled some as well as Ramon and some of the other interior guys. Not not, not on a glow like a major scale, but sure. in terms of not dominating as right, much as right. we've seen it times. And that's the thing in that in that regard. And I think because I've seen them be so dominant, seeing them be just really good, it, it in my mind, I feel like, okay, it's not the sure, same. Sure. Whereas with Matt, we haven't we've never seen him be dominant. So everything we're seeing from him right now is like wow. He's still doing this. He's still blocking that guy. He's doing that. And I think from an expectation standpoint, that's why he's my offensive player of the year. I like it.
1: That's a good one. Player, player. I I don't know where I would go in this regard. I— You said Zach Manner, seventy-two is eligible. There we go. Now you, now you speak in my language. Okay, okay. Now you speak. Yeah, I, I think I would stay along the offensive line as well too, and go Filer, maybe DeCastro. Yeah, double D's doing it. I, I like your point though about how Filer is just you know first year coming in as the as the guy, correct? And and has shown the versatility to play multiple spots on the line, has done so well. It's a tougher one on offense, though, than I than I think it is on defense. Who you got for Defensive Player of the Year to this point for
2: your Pittsburgh Steelers? Man, you know I got to go with the young boy Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, come on. Hey, man, there's plenty of guys we could talk about. I got honorable mentions TJ, Bud, yep. Devin, yep. Steven Nelson. They're honorable mentions. But when we talk about. Cam Hayward, honorable but mention. When we talk about the guy. The guy who's changed the face of this defense. The guy who, when he was not here on this roster the first, what, two games? And then he becomes on this roster? And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, scary. It's like Sandcastle splash, up in here with all those splash plays. Without a doubt. So, I, I yeah, that's the easy one for me. He is the guy. Ever since he's been here, this team has been drastically different in terms of productivity, in terms of creating turnovers, in terms of just big play capability.
1: Would he So he would be your your midseason pick for MVP of the team as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so.
2: I, I'm not like the NFL where I'm going to give one person right. a player, okay, nah. <laughs> player of the year another person MVP. I'll give T.J. Watt defensive player of the year. I'll give Minka MVP. Yeah. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> Uh, I think this is a pretty easy one, but Rookie of the Year Devin Bush without a doubt. Yeah, clear cut. I don't think it's close. I think he's playing at a, a top notch level. He still have his He still has his growing pains, and we saw that a little bit this yeah. past game, and that's to be uh, expected. But I do think he's created the splash. He's definitely shored up a lot of the in, uh, the inefficiencies and the the issues that this team had in terms of needing that speedy sideline to sideline linebacker a guy who can make plays. So for me, man, it's pretty clear he's the guy
1: all right this one i think could be tough for you i'm gonna really put you on the spot here all, all right, right? Okay. this is the one i've been most excited to ask you about okay is your newcomer of the year steven nelson or minka fitzpatrick Ooh, now obviously you know but devin bush and mark bear and some other guys yeah. but i think it's between i'm pretty sure it's between those two minka ah, or man. steven nelson as your newcomer of the year to this point see this is this is
2: all right, I have to go Minka because he's created the turnovers, but that's not an indictment on Steven Nelson. Oh because no, they you, there's can't, no wrong answer here. Steven Nelson can't get those terms because they won't throw over there right now. Right? Like he's, Nelson Island, baby. Right? He he's balling like that right now, where they're not even looking to really try him. So. I think Minka has been allotted that advantage because he's in a better position playing center field to make plays in the running game, make plays in the passing game. And he can go either side of the field, whereas Steven, he's stuck on one side. But granted, he's locked down over there. He's doing such a great job. Like I said, you're not even talking about mentioning his name in games. I mean – Teams aren't even looking at, th- they're looking to throw a Joe right now versus throwing to Steven, which is crazy to think about. It really is. So for me, as like I said, as much as I would love to give it to Steven, I got to go Minka just because we he's he's created the splash. Now, granted, it's because of the opportunities, but he's created it.
1: I- I'm with you, too. And and while you were talking that out there about Steven Nelson, you know who he, I- I've been trying to find all season, mozi a a comp for him, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who in the, in their NFL career has reminded me of what we've seen from Steven Nelson this year. And I just had my, my groove from Despicable Me moment. I just had my light bulb. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nnamdi when he was with the Raiders. Okay. Before he took that huge money deal and went to Philly, and oh, his career kind of went downhill. When Nambi that scheme on that boy in Philly. When, when Namdi Awesomewa yeah. was with the Raiders, you could look at his numbers, right. and he didn't have any, he didn't have many tackles, uh-huh. he didn't have many PBUs, he didn't have many interceptions, and you kind of be like, okay. But if you watched the film, quarterbacks weren't even looking his way. Yeah, Nambi was he would get thrown at once a game, maybe twice a game, and that was it. I think that's the comp I finally landed on
2: there. Yeah, man, because what ended up happening was they were running that nice man out there in Oakland in your Philadelphia Eagles. Tried to get them to play that false wide nine defense. Play, play, play in the wide nine, back up, play a little zone, just hide a little read. like nah, That was one of the
1: weirdest things that's, I've that's ever seen transpire. Game. They moved Juan Castillo, who was their offensive line coach, yeah. to defensive coordinator. Yeah. And tried to play a wide nine with a bunch of man play. Made no sense to me. Made no sense to me. Crazy. All right, what else we got here for you? Okay. Most improved player of the year so far. I also think this is another two-horse race between one Bud Dupree and one Chris
2: Boswell. Yeah, this is easy for me. I'm going Bud, and here's why. With Bos, he'll never say it, but the injury affected him. Last year, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The injury. It, yeah. it, it, it killed him. I mean, in terms of him trying to kick. It's accuracy. pretty clear now, right, when you absolutely, see the fact yeah. that it's just – a blimp on his record right. last year. Absolutely, man. So for me, I would give him, uh, I guess, comeback Player of the Year. <laughs> okay, if that's if that's sure. available, because I guess those are back a little different. Injury. Comeback
1: versus most improved. Right, whereas most yeah.
2: improved, I look at Bud because. He had been improving, but he hadn't taken this right. And level we have, we've we've seen yet. this high level from Boswell Correct. in the past, twenty
1: seventeen, yes. when he hit what like ninety three percent. of Absolutely, he was
2: hitting those fifty plus yarders. <laughs> Whereas with Bud, we haven't we never saw him. We knew what he was capable of, but we never had seen him do it on this level just yet. And seeing him do it right now, man, and at the mid-season point, and you see the numbers that he has. I mean, in terms of what he's done. In his career, this is the best to date, and he's not even done yet. I mean, he still has how many more games left? So mm-hmm. Half the year. Yeah, so in that regard, man, for me, I think that was the easy one in terms of it being Bud Dupree. What is – I guess this is more of a look ahead to the second
1: half of the season than the, the prior eight games, but in these next games, in your opinion, Arthur Moats, what is the game of the year for the Steelers. Is it that final week against the Ravens? Is it Thursday night coming up against the Browns? Is it the Rams this Sunday? Could it be the visit that you get to pay to your old buddy Lev Bell and the Jets? Could it be uh, those Buffalo Bills? Uh, could uh, be uh, a big
2: tiebreaker game? Do you want me to do it coach style? Hey, it's the next game because that's the one. You know, it's the Draming. next game. That's the only one that matters. You know, we got to be singly focused. We can't look ahead. Every opponent could be beatable. Every opponent, every game is a must win. We're 500. You know what I mean? When we give you that talk or when we give you the, the real, real talk. I want to give you the real real I want you to put on your fan hat here, you know. Oh, it's the Bills game there. Yeah. It's a tiebreaker. Right, without a it. doubt, yeah. Yeah. Right now you you have the tiebreaker over the Chargers who beat the Packers. The they Chargers look, are four and five right absolutely. now. They're right back into of yeah. things. You got the tiebreaker over the Colts, who obviously who they are who they are. You gotta get the tiebreaker over the Bills because that's the three teams that realistically are realistically gonna have that wild card slot as of right now. Obviously you got the Raiders in there too, but those are the three teams that you have to make sure you win against in terms of these tiebreakers, in terms of wild card race and stuff like that. I don't think the Baltimore game is going to matter by the time it gets there. I think, honestly, if they keep playing how they're playing, they're going to have this thing locked up sooner rather than later.
1: I'd say the Bills game, too, because I kind of echo your sentiment. At least with the Bills game, right, you are grabbing destiny. You're controlling what you can control. For that Ravens game to be a huge game week 17, like you just alluded to, you're going to need the Ravens to slip up in Somewhere, these next yeah. few weeks. Right. Because, yes, it's a one-game gap between the teams right now. And there's been, you know, last year, I think, what, with six games left, the Ravens were two games behind the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The crazier things have happened. But, again, I like what you said with at least with the Bills game, you can almost already draw a direct correlation between that and a potential wild card spot. Whereas with the Ravens game, you're going to need some things to shake your way before you get to Week 17. Yeah. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody. Mark is wondering about kind of how we were talking about last year with Boswell and his groin injury. Do you think the same about Bud with his pec injury last year?
2: Ah... To an extent,
1: yes. But I guess it's different, too, because, again, we had seen Boswell perform at an elite level where right. this is a completely different beast we're seeing from Bud. I think with
2: Bud, the Peck bothered him, but not to the point where we were going to see him perform like this. Watching him on film last year, he was still trying to figure out his most effective rushes. I yes. think when they played the Raiders last year, though, he started to show some things on tape where it's like, okay, he has that and he's starting to understand it. He was a lot smarter in his plans last year as well so I think that was just the step to get to where he is now each player goes through it you have that year where you start starting to come together for you and that's what I was seeing from him last year on tape it's like okay it's starting to come together he's starting to understand having a rush plan and how to implement it versus we would always get on him because he had rush moves but not plans he would come out and say hey man I got this spin move that I can, you know, I take it up three steps, and on my fourth step, I'm gonna hit him with the inside move. The spin is there; it's perfect. That's a rush move, but that's not the plan. The plan is, hey, if it's a, a running back offset to your side, that spin move is not about to work because you know that right. tackle is sitting here because he has help outside. So what you need to do is go speed the power longer on bull. Oh, okay, it's a tight end over there. Well, hey, don't worry about all this uh, shaking and baking moves. That tight end can't block you. You're physically more gifted than him. Put your foot on the pedal, speed off the edge. That's another thing. Okay, now slide protection. Understand, hey, you're going to need to stay outside because that guard's heavy inside of that tackle. Tackle's going to try to jump set you. These are like the rush plans that he's starting to understand now, and that's what was showing up for him last year at the end of the season. So that's why for me I'm like, yeah, the peck hurt him, but it wasn't on this level. I think that was just a part of his growth. Joseph, I, think, uh, go I was ahead. gonna say one person I do think though, their play has been a little uh, shaky due to injury is Joe Hayden. Yeah, I don't think I don't he's think he's healthy. he's not. Yeah, something. I think he's out there, lingering in there. it, but I don't think he's healthy. Whether it's the groin from the Chargers game or early on, obviously that yeah, was the calf. Uh, A training camp calf training camp injury. Yeah, mm-hmm. they kept him on some time. I think all that type of stuff is done because he does not look the same. He doesn't look like Jodawino.
1: He doesn't look like Jumpman, Jumpman, Jumpman. Right. right. Joseph wants to throw uh, Artie Burns here into the conversation for most improved. He said, "I know he hasn't played much, but I think in the limited time he has, he's looked good." Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's been an incur You've gotten above the line performances from Artie Burns this year, and I think all of us would have taken would have signed up for that.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And when we saw, like you said, in the game where he had, has had to play. Chargers game? He's responded in a Solid. big way. I do also like that when I see him on special teams, he's not looking at it as an inconvenience. He's looking at it like, hey, this is my opportunity to make a play. And he's also going out there and being a willing participant. So I do like that element in his game as well.
1: And you know what? There's probably not a direct correlation here, but, you know, statistics are statistics. Did you see the two plays that Artie Burns came in for Steven Nelson? in the game against the Colts last Sunday Steelers had sacks on both of those plays so you know you bring Hardy in and here come the sacks I like it baby (laughs) keep the stats going baby On Twitter, at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. Another hour to chime in when we come back here. It's one of my favorite new things that we do on no, Wednesdays. No, no, no,
2: no, It's my favorite part of the segment when we come back here. Well, it's there gonna, we go. The new hour. We're both excited to come yeah, back here I for the second wait. hour. I
1: cannot wait. We'll have, you know, my second hour
2: intro that most <laughs>
1: love so much, and we will so, have a the new, the new thing that we've been kicking around these past couple weeks inside the play, oh, oh, right? Good. We're, we're inside the play. This guy, I mean, come on. He's falling out of his chair eating cashews and almonds today. He's trying to get me rattled. Uh, we will go inside the play, though, when we return. That's where Arthur Motes takes specific play or two from the game to take a deeper dive look at. We will do all that when we return in the second hour inside the electric factory. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Euler and Motes with you here inside the Electric Factory. Hour 2 Steelers Blitz on a Wednesday afternoon. You already know the drill. You want to chime in on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 we Where Thrash Metal Guy, our buddy, <laughs> chimes in here and says, I know that, you know, Wes's intros happen every day, but Motes is trying to play spoiler.
2: <laughs> good. I'm How
0: you doing? We,
1: we were talking, you know, if we ever get to the point, you know, where... If we ever get a little big for our britches, yeah. you know, where we can kind of, you know, every radio show that's uber successful mm-hmm. can kind of get to that point where they can kind of do what they want. Yeah, you know? Just,
2: you know, have a little fun with
1: it. I mean, Mark, Mark Madden could come into every segment. Randy Bauman could come into every segment on the DV morning show going, It'd And they'd be fine. They'd be fine. And they could just laugh about it, and people would know that it was a goofy thing, and, and mm-hmm. it would happen. So maybe, you know, we'll get to a point where I can just continue to cheese the ever-living crap out of this thing, and we'll come in with some... Good afternoon, everybody! How are you? Oh, uh, that's I good? Go. Yeah! Inside the electric factory, it's still as much on that side of art.
2: I just like how you, like, pause a little bit, too. How you doing? Well, you do, you know. It's the <laughs> good. When you ask somebody how you doing, you gotta let them reply, good.
1: Because that's the standard, right? Because you know this, Arthur Motes. Everybody, doesn't you matter. You could be, be having the worst day of your life. If somebody asks you how you're doing, I and mean, the answer's good. I'm, I'm sorry, saying, I'm bad. I'm annoyed because my man Wes wanted to start talking about the red zone instead of the defense. Yeah. I am angry. No, we're never angry here inside the electric factory. We're having fun on a Wednesday afternoon. And one of the new things we've done here on Wednesdays, Arthur Motes. What do we do? It's a thing that we, I think, have we decided to stick with inside the play? I don't know. It's still a work in progress. Okay, well, you know what we always do, right? Is we can outsource these things.
2: Yes, go to Twitter. Like out.
1: last week, right? Mark told us the uh, another good name for the the power grid. You know the megawatts. Remember? Yeah, that? yeah. yeah. Let them know, like, hey, this is like our people's people's. All right. So if you've got a better suggestion than inside the play, you let us know on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Baddie. But for now, the segment that we will continue to call Inside the Play. Right. It's where Arthur Moats takes a deep dive into. You got hey, two that's plays. That's me. I'm Arthur. That's
2: you. Yeah.
1: You got two plays to look at I today. Dos. All right, and I think one involves the Steelers' offense, and one involves the Steelers' defense. Come on, now, you lucky, I ain't just go double. Look defense. at you, fair <laughs> and balanced coverage from yeah, Arthur Moats. That's real journalism right there. You know, you got to tell the story of both sides. You know, the more you can do. So it's a new Wednesday tradition we have here, where Arthur Moats takes us on a deep dive into specifics, a play or two from Sunday afternoon. So here we go. It's your week, what week nine edition? Yeah, man. Of inside the play.
2: All righty ladies and gentlemen You want to go inside the play Well Arthur is going to take you Inside the play And the first play we're going to talk about today Happened to be on the defense The dark side Where your Minka Fitzpatrick Took the interception 96 yards How many yards? Beautiful 96 yards For the touchdown Now When you watch the film This is what happened on that play You got Brian Hoyer back there it's so a cover three defense. Now, the thing that I liked about it from the Steelers standpoint is they did not tip their hand. They showed a single high, making it look like it was cover one. And ultimately, I think they confused Brian Hoyer. And here is why. So play starts. It initially starts as a three-by-one. We get motion on the play to make it into a two-by-two two set. Mika is in the middle of the field, but he starts to shift over to the speed side, to the two-receiver side, which is good by him from a technique standpoint. But what it did was this. It baited Brian Hoyer to think that he had Jack Doyle running up the seam by himself. Now, in a cover three, you know you got the middle field safety. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to throw that seam route into the middle of the field, especially if you're not looking off that safety because what will happen is what we saw in this particular play. So Hoyer doesn't recognize his cover three. He stares down Jack Doyle the whole time. So Mika, being who he is, like I said, he starts out aligned to the two-receiver side, but as— Hoyer goes to take his front hand off the ball and goes to throw the ball. Mika does something that I was really impressed with. This is from a technical standpoint. This is coaching tape. They tell you as a defender, you don't break on the ball once the ball has already been thrown because you will always be late. When you start your break on the pass, it's when the quarterback takes his front hand off the ball because you know from then on, he's committed to throw the ball. Hoyer takes his front half the ball. You see Minka leave from the right hash. If you're facing, if you're facing the football field, you're facing defense. It would have been the left hash. But Minka's So if right you're hash. looking from Minka's view, yeah, if you're looking from Minka's view, it was the right hash. Soon as Hoyer's hand comes off the ball, he jets from that right hash and makes a beeline to where Jack Doyle is. Once again, Brian Hoyer never sees him. The ball's already released. He catches it. Beautiful hands catching from there. I mean, he was lightning. He showed the speed. In fact, he was, I think he had the fastest touchdown run of any player this week, which was a cool next gen stat. Shout out to those guys over there. They do a phenomenal job in that regard. But the thing that I just loved about it was, like I said, from a mental standpoint, he understood that, hey, I need to show towards speed. I need to make sure that I'm viewing, I'm reading the quarterback's eyes, and making sure from a technical standpoint that as soon as that front hand comes off the ball, I go now. Don't wait till the ball's released because it's a touchdown. It's too late then. That's my first play. Shout out to Minka. I now, love it. Now, my second play.
1: I think this second play happened on a
2: similar situation, same part of the field, huh? It did, actually, in the red zone. Uh, Mason Rudolph touched on past Vance McDonald. Now, the thing that I did like and I did not like, I will tell you. Now, the first thing was this. I thought Mason did a really good job in terms of going through his progressions. So, it starts out, it looks as if it's going to be a four-man rush. So if it's a four-man rush, you know you got seven guys in coverage. But when it ends up happening from the uh, Colts, they drop one of their defensive linemen. So they turn it into a three-man rush, eight-man in coverage. And typically, you would never see this versus Ben Roethlisberger because Ben eats apart eight-man coverages. Anytime he's able to spend time and go back and forth looking for his receivers, he's going to get into the end zone somehow, some way. So historically, you never see this type of coverage versus him. But with Mason being younger, they thought they could confuse him. Sure. So Mason does do a good job of starting out to his left-hand side and going through his reads. One, two. Okay, Deontay Johnson is there, but I don't feel comfortable with that throw because you got the, uh, the nickel corner who's going to be sitting inside of that could potentially break out on it. Then he looks in the back corner of the end zone uh, running a seven route, I believe, which was just essentially running to the back pylon would have been Jalen Samuels. It's another tough throw. You got to make it perfect to put it where Jalen can get it and hoping that corner doesn't sink back. You have Vance now who is running a, we call it a a whip route almost, where he's running fivers up the field. He's going to run out. As if he's running a five-year-old And he's going to pivot back That's the whip element of it mm-hmm. Now
1: Now where's the Nene element of it? Hey, hey I like that I like that corny I like jokes, that Corny
2: jokes Now now with Mason <laughs> This is the thing that I liked And did not like I like the fact that he went Through his progressions I like the fact That he did take the chance To throw it to Mason I mean throw it to Vance And Vance Corday got in the end zone The thing that I did not like Was a very It was a very Very dangerous throw The same way we talked about What Minka did that was so beautiful in terms of breaking when the hand comes off the ball, understanding where the receiver is and breaking flat to downhill. Darius Leonard, all pro linebacker. If he does that, this is an interception, but he doesn't. In fact, what he did was he waited, the ball is released, he's breaking, and he breaks it at 90 degree. He does not break down. He breaks 90-degree and overruns Vance McDonald. So not only does he take himself out the plate in terms of being able to get an interception, a PBU, but he also puts himself in a position where he can't even secure the tackle. Right. Three critical errors as a defender. Three things you cannot have happen in the red zone. That's what Darius Leonard did, and I was very surprised by that. Coming from him, man. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Ooh. And in that situation, it worked out because the throw was there. Vance catches it, gets in the end zone. Dangerous, yes, but gunfighters get shot. And gun sometimes they don't. Shot. So in that regard, keep shooting, young man. Keep shooting.
1: I love it. Inside to play with Arthur Moats. We really need a live cam in here. So people just don't think that we're just sitting here in silence for ten seconds. They can actually see us dancing to this. <laughs> this just is something NFL about the song, man. Music.
2: It's something about the song. It just Ooh, does it to me.
1: I love it. I love it. Inside hey, the play hey. with Arthur Moats. One of our new segments we've rolled out. Thrash metal guy says, call it making plays with Moats. That's not bad. Ooh, I like the alliteration too. Joseph dissecting the play with Professor Moats. Mm. Mm. There's some alliteration there too.
2: I like the alliterations. All right. Listen. Well, I learned we'll keep that. Keep it in the uh, you know alliteration, we'll work it is. alliteration is big in like the media business anytime. Oh, no you can, doubt. You know, I'm learning that. We had a
1: whole, <laughs> whole almost a whole hour discussion out at training camp with Wolf about what an alliteration was. <laughs> because we mentioned it, right? Wolf said something that was a nice alliteration, you know, and I said to him, I said, oh, that was a nice alliteration you had there, Wolf. And he goes, all right, well, hold on. What's an, what's an official definition of alliteration? So uh, we look it up, right? And then he's asking me all these things. He's like, oh, you know, pads a-poppin'. Is that an alliteration? And I'm like, I mean, technically, it te- should be a couple more words, yeah, you know? like. But, I mean, technically, it's probably an alliteration, you know, and then we had a whole different... Is not, not
2: an alliteration if that's the thing? Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had a whole, uh, you know, a whole gang of phrases there that uh, that Wolf had to run <laughs> past us.
2: Alliterations, man.
1: Uh, to to see if they were, uh, you know, see if they were a proper alliteration. But no, some good ones there. We'll continue to keep that in the workshop, inside the play with Arthur Moats, dissecting the play with Professor Moats. Professor Motes dissect... Oh, no, you know, dissecting the play, that seems like it'd be something more for Dr. Motes instead of Professor Motes.
2: You're right. (laughs) You're right, you're right.
1: (laughs) Picture, like, cutting open a frog in ninth Mm. grade biology class, you know. Mm -hmm. Man, y'all
2: cut up frogs in ninth grade biology? What school did you go to?
1: Mars Area High School, baby. Shout out. Western Pennsylvania. Shout out. I think it was ninth grade.
2: I don't know. I was messing with you, man. My school, we had tape on the textbook, so... (laughs) I don't think I'm a good... uh (laughs) I mean, you know yeah. we
1: had we definitely at Mars we had newer uh, metal detectors than than we did textbooks, yeah
2: same here, yeah, and this was back in the mid to late 2000. I mean this yeah we, we had metal oh detectors, gosh. and we're going to get you the the full-A like, pet now. Oh
1: gosh, yeah. it's been over ten years since I graduated high school. Oh, you know, uh, shout out, oh, my sister, she better not be listening right now because she should still be in
2: school. Ooh, she's a
1: sophomore in high okay. school, but today is my sister's sixteenth birthday. Sweet 16 for my today sister. Today is
2: your sister's sweet 16 birthday. For my,
1: for my young sister, Grace, today well, is her well, sweet 16. Well, well,
2: guess what? Happy birthday, Grace. Happy birthday, Grace, and I'll do you another one. Today is my little Ava's seventh birthday. Oh, my buffalo baby. November yes.
1: 6th. It's a good day to be born. Absolutely, man. You got any plans
2: tonight? <sighs> she wants tacos. Okay. So we taco tacoing it up for the young lady. Then we're going to hit Sky Zone. You know. Nice. In an undisclosed nice. day. Okay. You know, we're not going to let you know what day we're going to Sure, like, sure. Cool. You know, yeah, because you don't, want to, you do don't want to be taking selfies. Yeah, while yeah, you're, you yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? But that's how we're going to party it up for the little lady. She went and delivered her, uh, shout out to mom, Shonda. She took her and she delivered her party invitations. Ooh. So she, you know, chauffeuring around, had a little basket. I like these, it. like, custom invitations. Not going to do her, hey. I like PFF, it. BFF, I want to give you this. Welcome to the party. That's I'm like, awesome. oh, so cute. Touch That's my awesome. heart, touch my soul. Big birthday shout-outs here today on yeah, the program. Yeah, baby. Hey, oh, and Ava better not be listening either. Now that you, hey, Grace better not listen. Ava better not. Ava's in school. School. You better be learning. Put the phone down and pay yeah. attention to your teacher. yeah. She been have no phone in seventh grade either.
1: <laughs> Hoping for some pleasant surprises tonight are the girls.
2: I'm sure Arthur Motes. What What's the big spender, man? Give me some money to help to help pay for all this stuff, man.
1: Um, I, but that's what. What do you think I've been making all these bets on the Fox? Jeez, bet that, that makes two. Double, of us. <laughs> I, hit, I hit the double under on those college there basketball we go. games last night. There, now there we're we go. Turned uh, turned twenty bucks and, uh forty six bucks. I think. Hey, so man, you know, hey,
2: that. now we talking turkey. That'll
1: buy some tacos.
2: Hey, yeah, and plenty some turkey. of tacos. Yeah.
1: You know, birthdays are always about pleasant surprises. So, mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, to this point in the season, and this doesn't necessarily right have to be a specific player. It could be something like, right, like the turnovers that we've seen. But the most pleasant surprise to this point for, in the Steelers' 2019 season, in your mind, for me, obviously, I would, I would go with just the absolute spike in splash plays on defense.
2: Yeah. When you talk about how bad this team was and how much they lacked turnovers last year only 15 the whole season i mean that's terrible this team though man from a defensive standpoint this season holy cow some of the stuff they've been able to accomplish the splash and the timely fashion of it it's not as if they're coming in you know blowout games where it doesn't matter no they're making these and impact games in critical moments gotta love that
1: I think so, too. That's been the most pleasant surprise from the first half of the Steelers season. We'll or, you continue. know, it's another
2: pleasant surprise. I guess I don't know how surprised I should be. But it's pleasant to me that all that bubble gum that Danny Smith chews, <laughs> he hasn't, like, pulled a jaw muscle, broke a right? tooth or anything. That's impressive. Have you? Did you see the look? Did you see when the camera hit him on the sideline, man, that wad he, of gum that was just in there? He looks like a 70s baseball player like, with a big old <laughs> jaw.
0: And like, like, How?
2: How can you consistently chew that every week and your jaw not just break? Like, if I chew that much, my jaw would just fall off.
1: He's got the jaws of life going on. Tell telling you, man. It's impressive. That's special. It's impressive. Special. <laughs> Uh-oh. Inside the play in the books. First segment of the first hour on Wednesday in the books. That only means one thing when we return. Uh-oh. It's time for a little Best of the West Wednesday. Oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> You got another, oh, another 40 minutes or so today to chime in on uh, all the developments, everything we've had on the table in this show so far on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. the Body Inside the electric factory, it's best of the West when we return to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: My name is Wesley Euler.
2: What's up, Stilladation? And this is my time to shine. My name's Arthur. You like football? You like SNR? Well, that's good. You like Wesley Euler, Bud Dupree, Mike T, Danny Smith, Chewing Gum, Baby, Black and Gold. Ooh! Did you hear? On a roll we got to hear from Zach Banner before we
1: get
0: out of here, <laughs> but he talks
1: about the black and gold thing in this in this sound piece that we'll play for uh-oh, you next segment before uh-oh. we get out of here. But before we get to Mr. Eligible number 72, Woo! you know we've got to get into a little best of the West. For those of you mm-hmm. unfamiliar, it's a real simple concept, Arthur Motes. Just, Is it really that simple? It's just NFL power rankings. That's it. One through 10 with, you know, we usually throw out like our next one or two receiving votes, you know, almost like AP football style. Cause you love that college ball. I do love college football. Off to Morgantown on Saturday. No invite. Wow, thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought you were scared off from the first time I invited you down to wow. Morgantown. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You had a good excuse to miss that JMU game. I you did. had your daughter's first cheerleading event, her I first did. football game, and you know, you just didn't want to drive down to Morgantown to hold this
2: L. Oh! Woo! It's so good because I haven't held an Ill since. <laughs> I
1: know. And, we, <laughs> and we've held plenty since. <laughs> and particularly, what now, four straight weeks? Right, wait, three? Three straight? Four straight? Texas? Iowa State? Baylor? Is it three? I think it's just three. Yeah, I, just it's I, three. Don't want, I don't want to hurt myself here. Yeah, don't, too don't
2: right. add, yeah, you're going to get your chance <laughs> to get more. Don't add them oh, right now. Okay? Oklahoma was in there too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those guys. <laughs> At least the boomer schooner went down, you know? True. <laughs> Yeah, I was over here getting emails about, hey, do you want to sit in the President's suite for the playoff home games? Like, which one do you want to come to? You, I know we're going to have the bias, so don't worry about that one. That's, that's what I'm over here planning
1: now. Yeah, you I'm know. over here planning for next year. <laughs> and actually, I'm, I'm planning for basketball season, too. Oh, you're right. Now, that's what we do need to do. Ten days from now. Hoops games. Yeah. Now, does W come to, to to Oakland? Next Friday. Not this Friday. Next Friday. Nine oh, days. And guess who's got tickets?
0: Nice. Guess who's going to be there? Who's going to beat it? Mr. and Mrs. Who's Euler. Mr. and Mrs. Euler. I like it. In there, Dub Vigar. Oh, yeah. Down whoa, at the whoa, Peterson Events Center. W- oh, stuff? yeah. Whoa, oh, minute.
1: yeah. Right, oh, yeah. On. My wife and I have been, too. Because, you know, there's been, there was a law in there, obviously, for like six or seven right. years. But if you include our last year's students... And in the past 2 years now, right? Correct. Uh, we've been to the last 3 backyard brawls. So they've it's wow. been renewed for the last 2 right. years. Yes. We were there in Morgantown last year when the Mountaineers pulled out a close one. We were there at the Peterson Event Center before when the Mountaineers beat them boys down. And mm-hmm. what was the last year of the Kevin Stallings era? True. Ooh, ooh, rough times there for Man, pit, I'm, I'm going go
2: to a pit game this. year. I'm going to like one on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I want to go like a weekday. Like not not a yeah. Not a weekday. Go against like UNC or Duke or Dang, one of
1: the yeah, heavy hitters, those, yeah. Virginia, one of those heavy hitters that'll mm-hmm. be rolling into town here. Yeah, Mountaineers at the Peterson Events Center next Friday, nine days from now. I'll be there. Hey, if any of the uh, megawatts, any of the power grid, going to be there? Hit us up on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Maybe we'll say hello. Maybe we'll snap some pictures. Just as long as you're not wearing that. Then pick colors. Ooh. You wearing the old golden blue, not the pit golden blue. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. But without further ado, <laughs> okay. It's time for a little Best of the West Wednesday, mozi so you ready? And here we go. Number one, the New Orleans Saints. Mm. I mean, wow. you know, Sean Payton continues to do it to me. Wow. I, you would have been proud of the Power Grid. Wow. The Power Grid was tweeting me Sunday during the Steelers games, yes? during all those reviews. Blame Sean Payton. Sean Payton hey. haters club. So the brand is growing. Okay. But, I mean, listen, I can be a hater and I can be realistic at the same time. Mm -hmm. What Sean Payton's done with that team this year, in the absence of Drew Brees, still rolling. I've got the Niners at two, and I've got the Saints ahead of the Niners because, again, I just, Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater both, I trust more than Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners quarterback situation. Yes, I know he looked pretty good on Thursday night. Jimmy G did. But i got to see it a little bit more consistently. So for right now, Motzi, I've got the Saints at one. I've got the 49ers at 2. All right? right. Okay. Kyle Shanahan. And there's been a lot of talk. I want to get your quick digression here, opinion on this. A lot of talk in this city this week about Mike Tomlin and the Coach of the Year conversation.
2: Oh, wow. When did this happen? Because people were disrespectful to Coach T
1: this offseason. In a bird's eye view, do I think he belongs in – actually, sorry, let me take that back. The other way around. Looking closely at the Steelers' situation, do I think Mike Tomlin deserves – some credit, some spin, his name being thrown out there as a potential Coach of the Year candidate, yes, I do. But uh-huh. then when I look at the bigger picture uh-huh. and what some of these other teams are, I, I think it's going to be really hard for Mike Tomlin to win that award because of a guy like Sean Payton who, who lost his franchise quarterback as well, not for the whole yeah, year, but lost out Kamara. But,
2: but he had a former first-round quarterback no, come true. in who, it's true. who was in line to be getting paid.
1: But this w- but is. what Kyle Shanahan's done, what Matt LaFleur has done.
2: Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, what are we talking about? Mike Patton, what are we talking about? What's are talking about?
1: This is always a real—I want to know, too. This is a total digression here, but we're getting into it. The, what criteria in your mind should be like most heavily weighted— for coach of the year, because right, we know like guys like Bill Belichick, guys like Nick Saban, they're never going to. They never, they they never win coach of the year, even though they should. Because it's almost like there's the expectation of, oh wow, this guy is totally outperforming what we expected yes. them to do. So in that situation, right, it's kind of
2: like LeBron and MVPs, man. I,
1: yes, great example. Sidney Crosby, same yes. way, same thing, same That's way. Sidney Crosby should have double the amount of individual right. awards Not that he clubs. has. And I think that plays into it like if the Colts end up going 10 and 6, right? Mm-hmm. Frank Reich is going to get a ton of coach of the year consideration yes. because of everything that transpired with Andrew Luck before the year. But in your mind, what should be the biggest kind of, you know, factor the thing that we weigh the heaviest in Coach of the Year is it the
2: adversity that they're able to overcome, or is it exceeding expectations? I think it's both. I think exceeding expectations because if it's a team that kind of sneaks up, nobody expects anything from them. And the they, Niners, right? And they just do this type of stuff. Like, wow, yeah. no one expected that. You have to put them in the category. But then also when it's a team, and when I when it's the adversity, like the Saints faced adversity, but I still I'm more impressed with. Riverboat Ron and what he was doing in Carolina with Cal Allen, yeah, because of Cal Allen's ability versus Teddy Bridgewater's ability. When Teddy, Teddy had opportunity to be a starting quarterback this year and turned it down because he didn't like the situation. So for me, it's hard for me to be like, oh wow, he's doing this in spite of Drew Brees being down because it's like, no, Teddy Bridgewater could come start on this Steelers team right now. Oh, for sure. And it wouldn't be
1: close. Uh, I would take it a step further and say Teddy Bridgewater could start for three of the four teams in the AFC North
2: right yes. now. And yes. it wouldn't be that
1: close. <laughs> yes. And that includes you, Mr. Dangerous. Absolutely. In
2: Cleveland. So for me, like that doesn't do it for me. But like you said, with San Fran, we saw what they looked like last year. Nobody expected them to look anything near this this year. Particularly in that division with Seattle and L.A. Correct. too. So that for me is one of those like, oh, okay, well this is it. So I got Saints one.
1: Niners two. I got the Green Bay Packers still at number three. Ooh, wow. Drink it. Drink it the Kool-Aid. Listen, if you can, you know, keep your Buffalo Bills up there after that shellacking they got at home to the Eagles. What? They came back and bounced back the next week. So the Packers are gonna come back and bounce back this week. I still got faith in that team. And yes, the defense,
2: but the
1: defense got, you know, got a little uh, got a little worked there by Phillip Rivers and company.
2: That same Philip Rivers and company that did not look nah, I'm a little I'll on No, little.
1: you're right. Yeah, yeah. But hey,
2: look, you always tell me,
1: you always do tell me this, right? Yeah, yeah, the right. NFL's a week to week league. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. You just right. Be, right? So just because the Steelers went out to LA and smacked the Chargers, uh huh. The Packers went out to LA and got smacked by the Chargers uh-huh. doesn't mean the Steelers would smack the Packers.
2: Yeah, it do. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what that means man come on come if, on if
1: a beats b and b beats c well then a is definitely gonna beat c hey i learned that in math man <laughs> i got pat yeah that was out al- i think that was pre-algebra right? yeah something like that so saints one niners two packers three. Oh man oh man see baltimore ravens
2: four wow i'm, I'm this list is we're going to have a conversation about this list already. Why well, tell you that? Number five, New England Patriots. Oh. All right. I thought about putting the
1: Patriots ahead of the Ravens, but wow. I mean the Ravens did just beat the Patriots on but Sunday. But you got the Packers ahead of the Chargers. The Chargers beat the Packers. Well, I don't have the Chargers on my list anywhere. Yeah, We're going to talk. We're going to talk. Saints, <laughs> Niners, Packers, Ravens, Patriots. That's your top five. Whew, I will say, hey, this is the best week. I've given more love to the AFC this week than I have any other week. Number cool, six, chat. I got the Se- I got the Seahawks. And my boy, Russell Wilson. Number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Beating those Vikings without Patrick Mahomes. Getting Patrick Mahomes back here. That was very impressive. I I will say that. They hung right with the Packers without Mahomes. That game came down to the wire. Then they beat the Vikings without Mahomes. I know we rag on that defense a lot. Deservedly so. But I still think that Chiefs team is is a really good football team. They've got weapons all over the place on offense. Andy Reid knows how to score points, knows how to put that team in position to win games. I've got them at seven, number eight, the Houston Texans, and the one-eyed wonder, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> hey. Number nine, the Rams. Oh, 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 who are rolling into Pittsburgh? Okay, okay, so you got Texans
2: at eight, Rams at nine,
1: Whew. and number ten here. And this was the the 11 toss up was hard for me. I went Cowboys 10, Bills would be my next team out at 11, and then the Vikings at 12. Your Minnesota Vikings at 12. (laughs) So to recap, starting from the top at number one, Saints, Niners, Packers, Ravens, Patriots, that's your top five, then Seahawks, Chiefs, Texans, Rams, Cowboys, your your six through 10. All right, Arthur Motes, this is your chance here again to... Put your doctor hat on and dissect everything that I just laid out. What you got for me? Yeah, we're
2: going to have a little conversation. All right. (sighs) You're number one team, Saints. Nah, but you got the Niners at one. Nah, I still got the Patriots at one. Oh, and, and similar to what you said in terms of the Packers, right? You're not gonna let one game change you. But in fact, that's what you did. You let one game go from mm-hmm. oh, the Patriots are the best team. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best defenses mm-hmm. historically. They're mighty. This they might be better than the '85 Bears mm-hmm. defense. All that to now, they're fifth on your list. Mm-hmm. What? Yep prisoner of the moment man. yeah this is Very supposed much to be a prisoner hyper- of the moment. i told you it was but, supposed to be hyperbole but, but, but it can't be if you're putting the packers at 3 it's after that shellac and they just got so it's, it's, it's a contradiction in your theory it's true there's a there's a flaw uh, in your mentality
1: you found the flaw in Euler's theorem here uh-huh. i've been exposed so well you also know i'm the only person in the world who believes in the patriots i mean just me everybody you, you else know, thinks they're terrible they're, they're thinks they're, they're washed beaters, up man. you
2: know they have to overcome so much adversity man no one ever gave the, them a chance man. did you did you buy into? I mean, no, this I real, know what you're saying. No. A real conversation a that chance. people were having on Monday. That, Not a Oh, Bill Belichick did that on purpose. Not like, a chance. That's the point
1: that we've reached with Not these guys. Not a chance. Give
2: me a break, man. Sometimes a teen got your number. That night, they had their number period.
1: Yeah, Bill Belichick did not go out there yeah. like, oh, we're going to lose this game to motivate the right. boys Stop and so it. I can
2: learn more about Lamar Stop Jackson. It. Not a chance, man. Stop it. All right, good. I'm glad you you yeah. you laughed uh, at that as much as I did. Yeah, I, I was like, man, y'all are trying to make an excuse for it. I don't know why. Okay, but so you me, still got Patriots number one. I do. I think they had a bad game. I think the Ravens, when they talk about the Ravens every year, they say, what do they do? We build our rosters to beat the Patriots and the Steelers, period. True. So, when you see them have success against the Patriots, have success against the Steelers, don't be surprised because they construct their roster for that. They have the weapons for that. When you watch that Patriots team, from a defensive standpoint, their issue is they don't have a matchup for Lamar Jackson. So that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out down the road. I still think that Patriots team is better. We watched the game. They made uncharacteristic mistakes that they typically don't make. The fumbles, the pre-snap penalties, the turnovers, that's not what they do. You play that game 10 more times, I think it gets a little interesting. That's all I'm saying. They'll get a chance again, though. And I do think, long term, it bodes well for the pass because the Ravens are going to end up having to go to to New England. No doubt. When they play them again. So, with that being said, Patriots still my number one team. But I do got to give respect where respect's due. My number two team, not them 49ers. Get out of here, son. Get out of here. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Oh, boy. And here's oh. why.
2: Here is why. Whoa. This is supposed to be in the moment, right? It this is. supposed to be right now, right? hmm That defense is playing lights out. They're finding ways to create turnovers. They're finding ways to create splash. The offense, Lamar Jackson, no one's been able to figure him out. He's not taking the big shots. He's continuing to stay healthy. And he's the piece that nobody can answer for because when you have a quarterback that's dynamic, that can run the ball, that changes everything. That puts a whole another level of stress on your defense. So in that regard... I'm saying Ravens, man. I like Ooh. what Harbaugh's is doing. I think he's found a way to get those guys believing in it. They're motivated. And, yeah, they're, they're riding on cloud nine right now. The Raptors, those are your boys. Not a chance. Now, the third, my third team, not the Packers. You going to put the Packers after that shellacking? After that old school bomb, get, get them over the leg and wah, 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 wah. wah. After that? Nah man. Gimme the Niners, man. With what they're doing out there on the West Coast, man. Shout out to the Bay. They're getting it in, man. That defense is playing lights out. Jimmy G actually looked good. He did. He looked real good. And now and, and let's be real, the Cardinals defense, they they do have some ballers. They have some guys they can get out there, man. Rush the passer, make plays. That
1: Cardinals team is actually pretty, pretty decent.
2: They, they are. Is that you like that? They're pretty decent. Like, like as crazy as that sounds, they are. <laughs> They're though. pretty decent. It's just the narrative. That's not the narrative that people are running with. But they yeah, are. Yeah, they, remember the whole oh Cliff
1: Kingsbury, right? Like,
2: right. Yeah. You watch them, and I'm like, hey man, that team is. They, they got some stuff over there. Offense and defense, they got some stuff. Kyler Murray looks yes. every bit the part.
1: Absolutely. He looks much better than that Oklahoma quarterback who preceded him oh, as the number man. one overall draft Not pick. Not even
2: close right now. So for me, man, I okay, got Okay, so you got Patriots,
1: Ravens,
2: niners. niners. Yep. Now my fourth team, I know you had the Ravens there, which I I wasn't. I didn't hate it. I was like they should have been higher. But my fourth team is the Saints. Okay. I like what, what Sean Payton is doing. Obviously, Drew Brees coming back. I mean, huge huge way to come back nice statement game getting him back out there i think they're only going to go up from here and they'll get kamara healthy too yes indeed all of those things are it. i guess my biggest thing is i still feel the patriots are the best team in the league right now i think the ravens what they've been doing over the past two games in terms of going to seattle and winning in terms Handily. of having the patriots come on like those are the two games everybody was talking about was so hard oh this is the tough part of their schedule and it hasn't been close. And they for won those two them by games. a combined what, thirty-four points? Something. So like So for me, I'm like, hey, I can't have the Ravens not up there as a top two team when they beat my number one team. And then on top of that, the Niners, like I said, the only undefeated team. So I still, I, I'm, I like what the Saints are doing, but I can't have them over an undefeated okay. Niners team right now. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, it's your list, buddy. Yeah. Now my fifteen. Let's go, Buffalo. Oh, my goodness. I got my Buffalo Bills. Oh, here we they go. They bounced back oh, in a big here way. here we go. They're finding ways to keep stacking. What is their record? What is their record? I don't know. Six and two. Keep stacking them. Keep your you poo-pooing my Packers. Them. They're seven and two. Keep stacking them. That's all I'm all saying. All right. Keep stacking them. All right. Okay. Now, my 16, we were identical on this. We went with the Seahawks. Seahawks. Shout out to the 12. Man, you're really moving the Packers down your list because of one game. (laughs) That's okay, though. Shout out to the 12, man. I think the Seahawks, they're doing a great job in terms of finding ways to ball out. Shout out to DK Metcalf, more importantly. No doubt. He looked really good. The catches, the run after, they had no answer for him last game. No answer for him. Russell Wilson continues to be smart with the ball, continues to get the job done. I don't like their kicking situation whatsoever, though. That's the only that's worris- reason. That's worrisome. Yeah, that's the only reason they're sitting at six and not higher. That kicking situation is it Reminds bad. you
1: a little bit of the Steelers last year where you're like, no, man, no it's going to cost worse. Them. I, I
2: feel like it's like that Bears team last year. Yeah, maybe that's like, a better that example. That's what reminds yeah. me of. Like, it's bad. And they have no answer for it. And, and you can tell just, like, how they look when the kicking team's coming out. They're like, oh, man, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not confident am not we, confident. We should have punched this one in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, man, I got the Seahawks six. six. I got the Packers at seven. Okay, I didn't have the Chiefs there, but I was like, you know what? I still need to see Mahomes come back. True, when and he can comes see him back, look like Mahomes. Yes, when he comes back, we we'll like start Mahomes, moving them up. The then list. they can move up. Until then, ah, not so fast. Okay, Texans at eight. We agreed to play that. That one. was fine. Look at us. Got Cowboys at nine. You had Rams Ooh, there. I had Cowboys so at nine. So originally
1: this morning, I had Cowboys at nine, Rams at tw- 10, and then I flipped them.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. See, for me, I had Rams and Chief as like my next team's Okay, in. okay. Yes, yeah, so I got Cowboys at nine. I think, man, even though it, it's, it's not pretty still, they're still getting it done, man, with Dak, Zeke, and those guys. I do like the... Uh, I like Gallup being back. I think that helps their offense out a lot. I do think from a defensive standpoint, they're still one of the top defenses, man, in terms of what they're able to do when healthy and their playmaking ability. And then my 10th team, it's the Vikings. Ooh! As much as I don't like Kirk Cousins, Kirk is balling. Yeah. He's, this is the Kirk that, that teases you. This is why I don't like Kirk, cause he teases me. He has me being ready to g- get on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon, get me singing Rocks his praises, and then he's gonna drop that same JMU purple. It is. And he's gonna drop one of them games on me though. I, I it's, it's about to happen. I can feel it. It's like, oh, I'm believing in the Kirk Cousins. I'm believing the hype. I'm, I'm, hey, Captain Kirk, you like that? You like that? And he's gonna give me one of them games. He gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be in December. He's going to give me one of those games where it really counts, where I really need him. He throws I might, for 150 yards and three <laughs> interceptions. I, I might put the Fox Bet Sports, app, put some paper on him, and he's going to do me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so we were pretty – I mean, honestly, other than – Chiefs, Rams are my two, where you had them up there, seven and nine. I don't have them on my list. And then our top four. Yeah, but it's drastic. it's all relatively – close. you know, like other than the Bills – I think the Bills and the Saints and Patriots are different. So you had Saints at one, Patriots at five. Yes. I have Patriots at one, Saints at four.
1: Okay. But he Raven,
2: uh, 49ers, So we're you off had... on the Patriots. Saints yeah. still
1: then, what, we're off three spots? Yeah, so. it's not 49ers.
2: Huge. I mean, three spots. only ten spots. What? That's true. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. there's 30 spots technically. We're just we're ten, out we're laying out of ten. We're laying <laughs> out of ten, yeah. But like Niners, you were at two. I the had Bills at three. is where we're really off.
1: Yeah, Ravens. Well, I got them at 11. Yeah. Ravens were off a little bit. Packers a little bit, Patriots yeah. a little bit. And you well, you
2: had the Chiefs swear at at eight, right? No, no, no. They're not on my list. Are they're not on your list. Okay, yeah, so we're yeah, off on them a little. I got them up at seven now. Right. Yeah, because I, I said Chiefs, Rams, and... Uh, I like it. Yeah, Chiefs and Rams are my next teams in. Well, that's well, our... first teams out.
1: That's <laughs> our best of the West, our weekly Wednesday debate. There it is. Uh, thrash Metal Guy says, I could hear Wes's head explode the whole way in Virginia when Arthur put the Ravens at number two on this <laughs> list. <laughs> You guys just remember, all mm. right? But when it was Ravens Week, uh, what, like three, four weeks ago, I got oh, tweets from people man. that were saying I was a Ratbirds fan because I played that Ed Reed speech
2: on the show. What? No, 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 not because you played the speech, because you played the end part where he's like one, two, three, Baltimore, four, five, six, let's whatever the heck it was. You don't play that okay. part. You cut Excuse that. me. You Excuse think they would play me. who ride in, Pittsburgh, when, in Baltimore? You know, when, when, uh, do you think they would ever play any who ride in Baltimore? If they were playing a speech from uh, from Joey Porter, yeah. They would cancel the who ride part without a doubt. It's kind of well, like when I'm you're watching TV. That. It's kind of like when you watch TV, right? Or it's an awards. It's a speech uh, award ceremony. The guy's gonna be, he's talking. He's about to go political on him like, yo, and I think we should do this with the president. And it just cuts the mic. That's what you do when Air Reed is about to do that. Let's break it down as a Raven. You cut it.
1: I'll remember that. Next time, you know, four score and seven years ago, Abraham Lincoln steps to the podium. I'll yeah. make sure the the last part of it gets cut off. Absolutely, man. Cut that thing. <laughs> on Twitter, at Wesley Uller at DaBody52. Da body We'll wrap up the show with your discussion like with your discussion. <laughs> <laughs> you are rattled over there, man. Come on, bruh. Come on. <laughs> Oh, we will wrap up the show discussing some of the questions we got here on Twitter, as we always do. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're inside the electric factory, hopefully laughing with us on a Wednesday here at Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR.
1: Inside the Electric Factory with Euler and Wrapping up the show on a Wednesday Afternoon And we got an interesting question here on the Twitter.com mozi We do, huh? From Coach Hatcher Hey, Coach Do you believe in omens like the black cat In the Giants-Cowboys game? And then he adds "This is uh, I think this is actually true That a lot of feral cats live in the bowels of stadiums And help take care of the rodents I have heard that before Are you superstitious with game rituals? That's the real question, and I'm assuming he's asking you, not me, because only one of us played in the NFL last time I checked. But you play, you got games. I still am playing hockey. Exactly. Adult league. Technically, you're more of an athlete than I am. Every weekend. (laughs) I do have superstitious rituals for hockey. What's yours? Got to retape the stick before every game. Mm, Why is that? White tape only. Ooh. You start from the toe of the stick down to the heel. Not from the heel to the toe. From the toe to the heel. Interesting. Why is that? I don't know. It's just always the way I've done it. And this isn't as much of a superstition, I think, but I I wear shower shoes, like Mm. Nike slides, to every hockey game. Since I was like 13 years old through now, it doesn't matter if there's six inches of snow on the ground and it's five degrees outside, I'm walking into the arena with my shower shower slides on because... I just like my feet to be able to breathe before I stick them into hockey skates, you know, and they get all nasty and sweaty and crammed in those hockey skates. Hmm. So those are some some superstitions. I have some ones with when it comes to watching WVU games, too. Like do? Okay. My best friend is my older cousin, Jared. Shout out to Jared. He's three years older than me. He's a WVU alum as well, too. Him and I do not talk on game days until after the game. Wow. Unless we're going to the game together, obviously. We don't sit there in the parking lot and ignore each other. (laughs) But, like, Jared and I don't text each other, call each other, nothing on WVU game days, hoops or football, before the game or during the game. Okay. It's like an unspoken thing that we always do. I kind of – my outfits as well, too. Like, if I – you know, I go to all the WVU football games. Right, right. Say I wear a Pat White jersey one week Mm. and WVU loses, I won't wear that same thing for the rest of the season. Wow. So there's some little things like that. Okay. But let me turn it over to the expert here. What you
2: got in the superstition department? Oh man, see for me, I don't say I'm superstitious. I just you're say just a little stitious. I-, I like to keep things very consistent if it's working. Like for example, any time while I was playing, and this is nine years, every Saturday night I ate the exact same thing: penne okay. pasta, chicken with shrimp, crushed red peppers, a little bit of oregano in there, and a little bit of broccoli. Okay. Three chocolate chip cookies. I like it. Afterwards. That's it. Period. On Sunday, I wake up in the morning. Three egg omelet, bacon, and sausage in it. Three strips of bacon on the side. No cheese. Maple syrup on top. Period. When I get dressed for the game, I'm in the locker room. I put my socks on first. I put my uh, undergarments on yes good, good way to put it then after that put my pants on tape my fingers up then i put my shirt on okay shoulder pads and jersey on and i'm fully dressed cleats on tied up ready to go at least an hour and a half to two hours before the game sitting on my locker and actually i never would sit in my chair i sit on the floor and i always keep my feet out that's early i never i, I know that's early to be dressed because i always tell myself i want to feel comfortable in my uniform Okay. I hate I hate that feeling of like putting the uniform on and it's like tight. I'm not used still to it. Tight, still tight, still a so, little cold. Because it's like it's so different than when you're in practice and everything is loose. Like the jerseys, the pants, so different than what you're wearing into the arena as well. So when you get that uniform, it takes some time. So I'm like, I always wanted to feel like I've been in this thing for an hour and a half, two hours. It's a part of me now. It moves how I move. My helmet never sits on the floor, never touches the ground. You know, like I said, I'm not superstitious, consistent with what I like. Your preparation. You know? Did you last
1: one for you here? Because we're up oh, against Oh, and I got it. another thing, too. It. Yep.
2: Before every game, I'm texting my wife. Okay. Lover. All the sentimentals. Mm-hmm. And I would text my mother-in-law, actually. We had a little thing. We would go back and forth. Nice. Each, each game, well, each year we would pick a theme of what we want to text. And she would say something to me, and I would say something right back to her, and that was it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely, man. All
1: right, last one for you. I know you had to have some music superstitions. Did you have any music superstitions? Like, here was did. Here yeah. was mine, right? Mm-hmm. When I was growing up playing hockey mm-hmm. on game days, I only listened to, only, this was it, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Young Jeezy, okay. Eminem, okay. 50 Cent, uh-huh. and Rage Against the Machine. Fair enough. Those five. That's all that I could listen to okay. on on game. It wasn't a set amount of songs. Right, right. And then the last song I would listen to would always be "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins. So I'll tell you this then.
2: For me, when I was in college, it would be the Final Countdown. Ooh! I come back in from warm ups. I'm <laughs> listening to the Final Countdown. Absolutely. Then, then when I got into the NFL, my first three years, it was always "Show Me What You Got" by Jay Z before I would go out. Then, as I got a little older, a little wiser, I realized that hey, I'm. Probably about to like either hurt myself or hurt somebody, so let's mentally get where I needed to be. Many so men? I listen. No, it was gospel music actually, Ooh. but it will be the same three songs on repeat. So literally, from the time I leave the hotel till kickoff, I'm playing the same exact three songs on repeat. Okay, because in my mind. It's triggering me. And I'm like, yo, I know what I'm about to do when I get out here. But let me make sure, like, hey, you know what they say? Forgive me for all my sins. Yes, yes. Because, you know what I mean? It's about to go down. (laughs) Like, that was my mindset. I'm like, I need to be in in the best state of mind because I I know what I'm about to do is going to be bad. I'm going to commit some sins out here today.
1: I love it. I love it. That'll do it for today's show. You already know the drill. We'll be back with Yin's same time, same place tomorrow. Where we'll have another jam-packed show, three question Thursday. Backo, Brian Backo on the show. So, uh, so you know, you guys know the drill. Power grid
2: megawatts. You know the drill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big shout
1: out, right? Happy. Oh, s- oh,
2: also, also your three, uh, your bowl predictions. That's a Thursday. Oh, that's now, right. Too. Yeah, that's I'm the, glad you reminded yeah, me. My three, that.
1: my three guarantees yeah, tomorrow guarantees, as well. Yeah. Too. There we go. Yeah. And once again, before we get out of here, a little little shout out. Happy 7th birthday to Ava. Yeah, yeah. And, and happy sweet 16 to Grace. Happy sweet 16 to Grace. mozi's daughter and my sister both sharing a birthday. You're your youngest daughter. And my sister yeah. sharing a birthday today. So happy birthday to Grace. Happy birthday to Ava. I like it, man. Some fun, some fun times tonight. Great day,
2: man. No Great doubt. Day.
1: No doubt. We appreciate everybody who chimed in on it, on Twitter as well. The power grid, the megawatts. You know we always got love for you. And we will talk to you same time, same place, on Wednesday, high noon, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold.
0: Steelers Nation Radio.